Welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table, a show dedicated to the people of our Appalachian region who produce, prepare, and preserve our regional foods and agricultural products. This is your hostess, Amy Campbell. Today we're setting the table with one of Knoxville's favorite chefs, Matt Gallagher of Knox Mason and Amelia Restaurants. Plus, we have two segments by Fred Sossman today. The first, a recipe for redbud jelly, and his segment on the Old Pilot Hill General Store in Philadelphia, Tennessee. Plus, I have a big list of events taking place around here that are food or agriculturally related. It is an honor and a privilege to have your good company here today at the Tennessee Farm Table. I want to say thank you for tuning in. And now, with our theme song, is East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine. Little honeybees flying around, little green peas from the ground, buttermilk biscuits nice and brown, bring it to Tennessee farm table. Butter beans, peas, beets, and chard. Chickens running in the yard. Catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Cast on skillets, good and hot. Watch it steam and crack and pop. Cornbread bacon in that stove. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Pick them maters, good and ripe. Drop him black gang candy stripes. Look at him loading down those vines. Bring it to Tennessee Farm Table. Bring it to Tennessee Farm Table. You might know Matt Gallagher from his two downtown Knoxville restaurants, Knox Mason and Amelia. He's one of the nicest fellas you're ever going to meet. He uses a good deal of locally sourced ingredients, and his foods have a distinctive East Tennessee taste. In the first part of this interview, I asked Matt about his training and how he settled on opening Knox Mason. Matt is going to be one of four East Tennessee chefs that will present an East Tennessee dinner at the James Beer House in New York City, April 13th. What a wonderful cultural ambassador to represent foods from our region. Now let's join Matt now. Matt, thank you for being here. Well, thanks so much. It's a pleasure. What's your background? How did you get going on wanting to be a chef? Well, it started it started uh, fairly early for me. Um, you know, I think my story's somewhat unique. Uh, I didn't take a traditional path, but uh, but I think because I got my start with my mom and her catering company and restaurants when I was nine years old, I think uh, that echoes a lot of other people's backgrounds. And um, there's a there's a you know saying that you know if you work in a restaurant when you're young, it gets in your blood. And and I think that happened with me. Um, but uh, I think also because I love to eat and I love food, I think that helps <laughs> quite a bit. Um, but yeah, my mom, um, we grew up in uh, Knox County and uh, on a 170-acre um, somewhat working farm. Uh, we had horses and chickens and rabbits and things like that. No, no uh, livestock or, or big, um, not huge plots of land, but my mom did operate two different gardens um, throughout the year. And so um, part of our chores was you know, going out and helping her in the garden. and. Um, wasn't always my favorite, but uh, what an education. Um, yes. <laughs> um, and so when she started her restaurants, um, I just loved the idea of uh, the activity and, and just going and helping and pitching in. And, and so that's where I got my start, and she did that for, for 
most of my growing up years and um, when it came time to go to college um, because of my academic success in, in math and science and things I went to UT to get a degree in chemical engineering um, but still working catering and restaurants to pay for school and um, by my junior year though I realized that cooking was a little bit more compelling for me than than the day-to-day of a chemical engineer so I finished my degree but knew I wasn't going to pursue it and my goal then was to be a chef and so I decided if I'm going to be a chef then I want to someday own my own restaurant um, and so it took about 14 years I think some somewhere in that neighborhood of, of different jobs and experience and education to get to Knox Mason and we opened just over two years ago and uh, we've been successful by by pretty much every measure and I'm so grateful for that um, but the uh, the jobs I took out of school were um, uh, out of college were um, basically I went to Blackberry Farm um, because it was the most prestigious and, and not only in this area it's it's a world-class resort and and I thought uh, in lieu of culinary school which would be a big expense I would go start at the bottom and and work my way up and, and learn that way and so um, so I spent four years there three years as a cook and then one year as a sous chef um, so that was a, that was a formative experience for me certainly um, but after four years I got an opportunity to cook for bands and travel the world and um, that was something I couldn't really pass up and uh, so I spent the next five years cooking on um, uh, four continents and 14 countries with a bunch of different bands um, and uh, it was amazing and it was a great experience but uh, it pulled me away from Tennessee and and so when I got a job offer to uh, cook for Bill Haslam the governor in Nashville uh, it was it was something that I wasn't sure I would I would enjoy I didn't sure if that was a job for me but uh, after after talking to Bill and Chrissy um, I, I literally got goosebumps in our first interview um, because their vision for for the food of the Tennessee residents was exactly what I wanted to uh, to showcase as a chef um, uh, in my own restaurant and so I spent two years with them and uh, really worked with so many local farmers in, in Tennessee farms and uh, the Department of Agriculture and then in 2012 I was able to move back and, and open up my own place so um, that's where we are today my goal and my vision was always to come back to Knoxville and have a restaurant here and um, maybe 10 years ago downtown Knoxville wasn't ready for Knox Mason and 10 years ago Knox Mason wasn't ready for downtown Knoxville uh, and we've been so blessed and, and with all the support for our com- from our community and all our neighbors and um, the farmers have been amazing f- to us and um, so it's just been so rewarding to have a successful business and to be able to do what I love to do and um, you know and, and that speaks to the camaraderie that I have with my staff and I have such an amazing staff um, they make me look good every day and um, so it's just been a dream come true for me to be able to be downtown and, and have a small restaurant and have a have a, a great community that, that you know stands behind us and supports us absolutely if you've just joined us you are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table and we're visiting with chef Matt Gallagher after the break We'll return to our interview and hear more specifics about the types of foods Matt serves down at Knox Mason on Gay Street in downtown Knoxville, Tennessee. And now, here is a big list of goings-on in our area that are food or agriculturally related. The Winter Farmers Market by Nourish Knoxville will not take place today at Central United Methodist Church in Knoxville. 
but it will take place next Saturday, March 24th, from 10 until 2. The New Harvest Park Winter Farmers Market will take place Thursday, March 22nd, from 3 until 9. The location of this market is New Harvest Park Community Building at New Harvest Park, East Knoxville. They will be accepting donations of canned goods that day for the Love Kitchen. Meet farmers face-to-face -face and learn about community-supported agriculture or the CSA that's right for you at the 2018 CSA Fair. Visitors will be able to compare a variety of CSAs that deliver to Knotts County. Sign up on the spot or take home the comparison guide to sign up later. This CSA Fair will take place Monday, March 19th at Whole Foods on Paper Mill Drive in Knoxville from the hours from 3 until 6 p.m. This is a kid-friendly, public event. There's no pre-registration and everyone is invited. The CAC Beardsley Community Farm has put out a call for scholarship sponsorships to send a child to the upcoming Beardsley Farm Camp, which takes place June 4th through 8th. The goal of the farm is to host a camp that is inclusive to all children of all socioeconomic levels. Also, there will be a community egg hunt at Beardsley Farm on Saturday, March 31st from 1 until 3, and this event is free for kids ages 2 to 10, and they have age-specific hunting zones. And there is also a community work day today at Beardsley Farm from the hours of 9 a.m. until 12. Be sure to bring a water bottle and wear closed-toed shoes. And coming up April 13th, four chefs from East Tennessee, Matt Gallagher of Knox Mason and Amelia Restaurants, Joseph Lynn of J.C. Holdway Restaurant, Drew McDonald of The Plaid Apron, and Jesse Newmister of Kazon Restaurant, all Knoxville chefs, will together present a special East Tennessee-style dinner at the James Beard House in New York City on April 13th. Century Harvest Farms Foundation and Last Day of Autumn are working together to sponsor a row of fresh fruits and vegetables that will help to feed 600 people annually, and they need your help. They are hosting today the Planting Hope fundraiser with prizes and live music at Last Days of Autumn Brewery in Knoxville between the hours of 3 until 7. There will be an ongoing raffle throughout the day for all who donate and an opportunity to sign up to volunteer out at the farm. Details by Facebook under Century Harvest Farm Foundation. And as always, links to all my guests and events that I mention are in one big old handy list on my website, TennesseeFarmTable.com, under that link that says Listen to the Show. Let's return now to our interview with Chef Matt Gallagher and hear about what sort of foods he cooks at Knox Mason in downtown Knoxville, Tennessee. How would you describe your restaurant and a few of the favorite things that you like to offer? Sure. So, so we are small, um, and our focus is to, um, to try to feature as much uh, southern and regional and local ingredients and artisans and products and 
techniques and so um, our, our food I want it to be accessible and recognizable I want people to um, we keep it simple enough that when a, you know the plate hits the table you know exactly what you're eating there's no um, there's no fussy garnishes and things that don't really that uh, add to the dish per se so we just want see uh, you know simple clean flavors and, and presentations um, but we're reflecting what's uh, what's available in our local uh, local markets and our regional uh, farmers and producers so um, uh, we start with snacks like deviled eggs, pimento cheese, and pork rinds that are, you know, all very southern, uh, very traditional. Um, and we elevate them a little bit with our own chef little touches to them. Um, but uh, but you'll see um, catfish and um, uh, pork belly and things like that on the menu regularly, and banana pudding and derby pie for dessert. So so we stay true to these southern dishes and um, and uh, incorporate when we can things that are available uh, locally. So um, whether that's you know, farm eggs from Circle V Farm that we're ha we have on the menu, or um, John Mitchell's beef, and he's over in Blaine. Um, when the farmers market's in full swing, we're we're buying 70% of our dollars are going to Tennessee Farms, which is uh, I was surprised when I sat down with those numbers, but um, but gratifying because that's our goal, and um, and so we, we 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 are a small space, and and we don't have the big uh, buying power and volume that <clears throat> some other restaurants might, but we are able to spend those dollars, you know, effectively. And, um, and so I think that's important because we're a small restaurant and we're supporting small farms. And I think as we work together, we'll grow together, we'll prosper together. And, and ultimately that hopefully, uh, it's just going to be better for the community. Um, the more, the more farms that can be successful because they have a restaurant they can sell to, um, the more access people have to, to great, uh, local products. Um, you know, the healthier they're going to healthier they're going to be, and um, uh, and then I see kids at the farmers market all the time, and it's it's rewarding to me because I grew up around my mom gardening, and and I was exposed to these uh, you know tomatoes that were just picked, and I know what that is, and so seeing that um, uh, education that these young children are getting because they're exposed to the farmers market is amazing. So. Um, Anyway, uh, I could talk all day, <laughs> but but basically, you know, just the, the farmer's market is so important and, and the Market Square farmer's market is so amazing that um, um, it's really instrumental in, in our success, honestly, yes. that, that we have that two blocks away from us, you know. Absolutely. Well, and um, you have um, all kinds of wonderful southern dishes, and if you had to choose your ultimate southern meal, could you choose and what would that be you know i don't know I, I tell you there's one dish on the menu right now well currently but it's been on the menu since day one every single service we've been open we've had this menu so or this this dish so for two years even brunch uh it's a killed green salad and that's a very traditional um springtime dish uh, in appalachia and um, the idea of the dish is that the young spring lettuces um, are picked the spring onions that have just come in you pick those um, traditionally, you would hard, hard boil some eggs, um, fry up some bacon, pour the bacon grease off, and pour that hot bacon grease right onto the, the greens and onions, uh, throw the bacon on top, throw the chopped egg on top, and it's just a, a very seasonal, it speaks to, to the, um, you know, that kind of tradition of, of Appalachian food that you're eating that's available, and, and by, by virtue of that, what's in season. Um, it's such a great way to, great, great way to approach uh, eating. Um, so we've taken those ideas uh, for that dish and, and um, uh, made our own uh, version. So we, we have our homemade bread. We make about, I think it's seven different types of breads right now. I have a great young baker who's, who's doing some great work for us. So 
we make a little toast with our homemade bread. We um, poach our eggs at, to 142 degrees, so we have these beautiful farm eggs that are just just barely set, so you get that beautiful runny yolk. And then we take uh, hardier greens. We don't use the spring greens. We use uh, kale and frise, um, things that can stand up to cooking um, a brief uh, saute. And so, um, and then we take Benton's bacon, um, and uh, which is singular, and, and it's the best bacon in the world. And we make um, a bacon vinaigrette with shallots and sherry vinegar and uh, bacon fat. And so, um, the base of the dish is a beautiful piece of toast, and you have these sautéed greens that have been cooked in Benton's bacon fat and sherry vinegar. And then we top it with a uh, poached farm egg, and um, it's very popular. Um, and um, that tells a story I think in many ways um, you know it, it speaks to the Appalachian traditions but it's just delicious and so um, and I guess it tells the story of Knox Mason a little bit and that we've elevated it and, and made it more contemporary um, by adding our own little touches with the poaching of the egg and the vinaigrette and things like that so um, that dish I think captures a lot of what we of what we uh, try to present here um, uh, beyond that, I love biscuits. You know, I've I've learned to make biscuits. My mom's a great bis biscuit maker. My granddad makes great biscuits. Um, but it's taken me uh, most of my career to get to a point where I feel like I make good biscuits. But <laughs> I'm I'm proud of our biscuits now. Um, but um, yeah, I'm happy with uh, I'm happy with a biscuit with sorghum butter and country ham. It's one of the best things, one of the best yeah. flavor combinations uh, that I can think of. But um, tell me about sorghum butter. What is that? Well, it's basically just. Uh, butter that we soften and add sorghum to just spike it and flavor it um sorghum is a is a little um yeah, maybe a little esoteric i think a lot of people just consider sorghum to be molasses but those are two very different things uh when you're talking about flavor profiles molasses is a byproduct of the sugar refining process so it's it's sweet and syrupy but it's it's kind of a singular note um Sorghum is a, actually a grass um, that's harvested in the fall and, and um, a very traditional method of turning that um, the tall grass into a into a uh, delicious syrup. But the sorghum is sweet and syrupy, but also has a, a really um, complex, um, somewhat earthy. There's a little bit of a bitter note, which actually works pretty well with the sweetness. Um, there's a little bit of sourness in there, too. So it's a really complex flavor. Um, but the sweetness is the is the overriding um, flavor. But um, but I think with the saltiness of the country ham and kind of the fluffiness of a biscuit, it's a really good combination for me. What is your website address as well? It's uh, pretty easy. www.knoxmason.com. K N O X M A S O N. Um, no no. Uh, punctuation or anything and um, the menus listed on there we try to update that menu regularly um, we print our menus in-house that's another thing so we're able to be sensitive to the market so if we find something at the market we want to put on the menu that night we can do that because we can print our menus here um, and I try to I try to keep up with making sure that that website uh, the menu on the website stays up to date um, but uh, so it'll be a very fair representation of what's available Matt, I can't thank you enough for sparing some time to talk with us. It's the, a pleasure. Yes. It's a pleasure. Yeah. We just really appreciate what you do here. Well, thanks so much. Yeah. If you've just joined us, you've been listening to an interview with Chef Matt Gallagher of Knox Mason Restaurant and Amelia, both in downtown Knoxville, Tennessee. And coming up, we have Fred Sausman's Potluck Radio segment on the old Pilot Hill General Store in Philadelphia, Tennessee, 
and his segment on Minnie Curtis and making redbud jelly. This is Potluck Radio. I'm Fred Saussman. Donnie and Denise Hall, formerly of Panama City, Florida, crisscrossed America looking for an old country store to call their own. I picked up a real estate book and opened it up just to the very center of the book, and there it was. This store was for sale. Sad-looking little picture. You know, you looked at it, and I said, well, that's a, that'd be a nice start, you know. That decaying old store was in Philadelphia, Philadelphia, Tennessee. The day of the auction, they had opened up the doors and auctioned everything out. The scales, the counters, the pitcher, anything that could be auctioned off except the shelves. Well, when the store, when we originally bought it, I mean, the weeds had grown up above the windows, and I mean, it was pretty bad. Donnie and Denise converted that old country store into a restaurant the old Pilot Hill General Store. You don't reserve a table at old Pilot Hill, but you have to reserve ribs. You have to call ahead and make sure you get some on Friday or Saturday, because usually Friday afternoon by five o'clock we're sold out. Donnie Hall's barbecue philosophy is a lot like the pace of his new life in East Tennessee. A slow cook, hand rub, slow cook barbecue. The slower the better. We do our own barbecue sauce, uh, make my own rub. Out of anywhere we've been, I'm saying out west, Colorado, Montana, you know, south, north, anywhere we've been, nothing compares to the beauty here. We wanted to kind of honor this area. The lady that holds the record right now, she says, last time I was in here was 85 years ago. For Potluck Radio in Philadelphia, Tennessee, I'm Fred Saussman. The late Minnie Curtis could conjure flavor out of an old tree stump. She made meals out of things most people ignore, trample over, or discard. Minnie was the person folks around Clinch Mountain went to when they ran across a mountain wildflower they could not identify or if they needed a remedy for a baby's colic. Minnie didn't have a day of college, but she was a brilliant botanist. She acquired her knowledge by staying close to the land, listening to its rhythms, and observing its clues and signs. For the last 20 years of her life, and into her 90s, she made jelly from the blooms of redbud trees. In Appalachia, the redbud is one of the first signs of spring, its blossoms brightening the once dormant landscape. Minnie described the flavor of her redbud jelly as slightly sour and fruity. She started making it after attending the Redbud Festival, held annually since 1982 in Honeaker, Virginia. This is how Minnie Curtis made this stunningly beautiful redbud jelly. Place two cups of rinsed redbud flowers in a jar and barely cover with about two cups of boiling water. Cover and let stand for 24 hours. Strain and discard the blossoms. To two cups of the extract, add two tablespoons of lemon juice and three tablespoons of Sure Gel. Bring to a boil, then add two cups of sugar and boil hard for about one minute. 
pour into hot jelly glasses and seal with paraffin. For the Tennessee Farm Table, with thanks to Minnie Curtis, I'm Fred Sausman. This is Alan Benton, and you're listening to the Tennessee Farm Table. Thank you so much for your great company here today on the Tennessee Farm Table. Hope you can join us again right back here next Saturday at 9 a.m. on the radio dial at WDVX.com out in Knoxville or anytime on our podcast, TennesseeFarmTable.com. Our theme song was written by myself and sung, arranged, and performed by Emmy Sunshine of East Tennessee. More information about Emmy Sunshine at TheEmmySunshine.com. That is spelled T-H-E-E-M-I Sunshine.com. We hope you'll reach out and connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, and also our podcast on TennesseeFarmTable.com. And please tell your friends about us. We want to say thank you to WDVX Radio out of Knoxville, Tennessee. They are a true community-supported radio station that does not receive funding from universities or government agencies. The community and businesses support WDVX. Through an agreement with WDVX, they are our media partner, and the Tennessee Farm Table Show is broadcast on that station every Saturday at 9 a.m. We hope you have a good week and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.